Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to FCN Podcast. Emily, what are we talking about today? So today, so I'm rearranging all my all my stuff on my computer here. So today we are actually going to talk about something that got triggered from a recent podcast that we did, a recent Facebook Live. And in another podcast, it was the part two of the ongoing coaching series. And you were talking about transitioning clients uh, from your initial program into either accountability meetings, monthly accountability meetings, so short meetings, mm-hmm. or quarterly coaching sessions. And when you were talking about that, you said, well, if they're not making changes in a short period of time, a few months to six months, that's a red flag. And so I wanted to hear a little more about that. So the first question I have is, what are the red flags that you're looking for? Do you have any specific things that you're looking for? Yeah. So let's start with why they would even be red flags, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and that is, it, it's you create a lot of brand liability and potentially actual liability, although it's less likely with financial coaching than financial advisors, uh, but it's still there. If you are charging a client and not actually making any progress with them, um, we'll focus on the brand liability because that's the one that's easier to see, right? And and that is... If they're not making progress, then they're not going to be giving you glowing reviews. And that is potentially problematic, right? And people will say to your face, they love you until they realize that they don't. And then they will talk very badly about you on social media and in your reviews and give you low star ratings and other things like that. And so, you want to kind of nip that in the bud before it actually hits that point. Don't let it get there. Yeah. <laughs> so all of that being said, that's kind of the the idea behind it. That's, okay. that, that's, the, that's the concern. So what you're looking for is you're looking for signs that you might be going down that road with this client. Not that they're starting to get upset, but that things are happening or things are not happening that could then lead them to be there, right? Okay. To be at that place. So that's like the broad concept of what you're, of what you're looking for. So what are the red flags? Well, some of them are really obvious, right? Which is um, which direction should credit card balances be going? <laughs> if they're not going in that direction, Hopefully. right? Right. Um, and you you need to make sure that you're not being, you don't have blinders on for this. So this is another thing that commonly, especially for financial coaches will happen is 
you know, well, credit card balances should be going down. And so therefore, if they're not going down, the person is failing. Except that one of them just got overtime cut at their company and the other part of the couple just lost their job and their kid just had a major medical event. So yeah, credit card balances are going to be going up. Right. So there's exceptions, obviously. Right. Right. But you know, if there is, if we can't identify what the causes are and how those causes can be fixed, right? Um, you know, if we're not seeing progress in the direction that we want to go, then that's an issue. Right? Right. Another potential danger of seeing progress in the way we want to go is we likely have a faster progression in our mind than the clients do. And our progression is, we think it's right, but it's probably not, right? So we wanna be careful of, you're not making enough progress. I wanted you to do this because I was right. right. That was part of my, one of my follow-up questions was, are, are you just looking for progress or are you looking for like a complete change? Because that, because you did talk about um, in another, I think it was a different, it was part of the same series, the coaching series, that we were talking ongoing coaching you had talked about having objectives for clients in order to consider them graduates, essentially, of your program. And so is that something that you apply to this, this case where you say, you know, I have certain objectives I want them to meet, recognizing that as long as they're making progress towards them, then that's okay. Yeah. And I think that that's the big thing is identifying what those objectives are and are they making progress toward them, right? And is yeah. that progress, is, is it looking good? Right. So let me, let me kind of explain what that, what I mean by that. Um, and, th and this is a going back to, you know, cause we talked about academia and student learning outcomes as that example. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so let's go back to that. And there is yep. a, a big push and it's actually something that I am working to figure out how to implement right in, in my courses but there is a push right now. And when I say big, I mean, there's a small group of people that are fervently working toward this um, in academia of moving things from the original grading system to an outcomes-based grading system, okay? Where a student who gets Fs on every single assignment throughout the entire semester still gets an A at the end of the semester potentially because student one was able to figure out the learning outcomes two months into the semester. And student two was able to figure out the learning outcomes four months into the semester, but they both are able to do the exact same set of things and demonstrate the exact same set of skills by the last day of the semester. And so sure. what are we measuring? Are we measuring how quickly they get there? Or are we measuring whether or not they can actually do the skills? That makes sense. And does an employer care how quickly they got it? Or do they just care? Do they have the skills? Right. right? And so that I, I think that that's an important component to sort of consider and think about this as well. Is, you know, we want to be careful of prejudging the outcomes before the point where we need to judge them. Right. So are they making progress? Okay. Is it, is the progress fast enough? How do we define fast enough? 
And I think that this is where having realistic milestones on these outcomes becomes really important so that we have a much more objective way of measuring it, right? Um, if we're going to say, are they making progress? And we're going to do a subjective judgment of that. Right. You will have nothing against any of you listening to this, myself included, we are human. You will have all sorts of psychological biases that will show up, right? Where, you know, everything from recency bias to the halo effect to all sorts of other psychological biases where a person that you, you know, as an example, the like me bias, right? The similar to me bias, a person that you personally identify with more, you will look at their progress that is not that great. And you'll say, well, they're working really hard toward, I can see that. And a person that you don't personally identify with as much, you will look at that exact same progress, which isn't that great. And you will say, yeah, they're just not getting it. Right. And there's nothing we can do about this. These are all psychological biases that we have. Right. So how can we help control them a little better? I mean, by having make it measurable tests. somehow, like a, like a sliding scale and you like you know, kids get grades and they've got like a one, two, three and first yeah. three, four, I think it is. So, so let's say of, that we want to work their way up in the numbers. Yeah. Let's say that we want to put together a, we put together a plan. We agree to the plan. We've put together the math of the plan and there's enough wiggle room in it for dealing with life circumstances. Right. And we say that they should be at $2,000 in debt within six months, right? So going from wherever they are now to having $2,000 left of credit card debt. And we would expect that it's going to have slow progress, right? In the beginning, right? So, So we will have accelerating gains toward this. So we might then take that debt pay down and kind of divide it by maybe 12, right? And you would expect one twelfth of the progress in month one, a little bit more, a little bit higher than that in month two, so on and so forth, right? And sort of ramping up until you hit that final milestone. And then we just look at those as objective milestones, right? We know it's going to be really slow in the beginning. Maybe we just want them to month one have zero dollars progress. That's our goal. And that's a big goal because that means that they've added nothing new. Zero dollars progress means they also don't have negative dollars progress, right? And maybe that's all we're looking at for month one or months one, two, and three, right? right? Depending on the circumstances, right? And then we, we, now we have these objective marks that are based in reality that we're not going to have equal progress through this. It's going to be a slow build and it'll get, it'll build faster over time. Right. Yeah. Um, but we, we have a, we have very objective measures that we can identify. So goals-based milestones, mm-hmm. is there anything else that you recommend or is it really truly just based on their goals? I mean, it should be based on their goals, right? Because if you know, you think that they should be saving up for their kid's college and they have no intention of paying for it, 
And those of you think, oh, that's horrible. No, there's lots of people with very legitimate reasons for why they believe that's the case. So that is not horrible, right? (laughs) Um, and, And so if they are, if, if that's the case, you overlaying your goal of, no, I believe that everyone with children should have a college fund for their child and you are not putting, it has to be based on their goals. Right. I'm just wondering, is there anything, anything that's maybe harder to measure that would be good? Like um, looking at, like, let's say they have a habit issue and they have a bad habit of buying X, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Is that something that could potentially be something that you track as well that um, you track spending maybe in that, but maybe that is a goal then that they set potentially. So yeah, if it's, if it is a goal, then that might be one of the things we look at, which is, um, you know, we're going to identify, you know, in money coach, since you use money coach, we're going to identify in money coach. This is one of your spending categories that we're going to do the watch things on. Right. And we have the goal of, um, every week as they come in, your goal is to look at it and identify, are you spending more than you said on that watch category every week, right? When the, when the report gets sent to you, Mr. And Mrs. Client, right? And then the, um, and then we say, okay, the next goal is we want to try to stick to only being over by 10%. And then we want to stick to not being over, right? So we kind of identify those same types of milestones. The first one, very easy. Just look at it every week. (laughs) Right. And then build, excuse me. And then building up to where we ultimately want to get to. And if we have realistic milestones, we can kind of address those goals. If you identify, wow, you spend a lot of money on alcohol. And that is not what you should spend your money on. And they say, yeah, I want to spend money on alcohol. (laughs) It's their life. Yeah, it's their life. And those milestones are never going to be met. Yeah. doesn't matter what your goals are. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, it has to be it has to be tied to their goals. And if it's not, then you are measuring them by something that's not accurate. Right. Okay. So, so you, you look at these as the progress. Is this something I've got like a thousand follow-up questions. I'm trying to think of which one to ask first. Um, I assume you share this with your clients, right? Say, Hey, we're we're, right. Because they they want to know that they're making progress. They can see they're making progress. I know I had a a client who, who said, I feel like I haven't really made progress. And I'm like, look how much you've paid off in this short amount of time. And she's like, oh, wow, I hadn't realized that. So yeah. I think tracking it. And that was, that was way back before I had like a really formal program. And so mm-hmm. um, now that I have it, I, I love that idea of like showing over time, like, Hey, look, no, you are improving on these things. And I'd love to have, I need to come up with something now to have. like a visual, I think would be really helpful. Well, you have something, you already have it. Yeah. Money coach. Yeah. The net, the net worth report and money <laughs> yeah. coach get, gets sent quarterly. So yep. you literally just take that as your deliverable for, right. you know, here's how we're going to track it. And every quarter we're going to talk about it because it gets sent to you and me. Yeah. Right. On that exactly. quarterly basis. Right. Automatically. Um, so that, so yeah, so that's the big, that's the first thing. The second 
component of it. So milestones is number one. Okay. Number two is very, very tactical, right? Which is, so I have clients that I manage their investments and I have clients that I don't manage their investments. They manage their investments on their own. And if a client says, hey, I want to, um, I, I really want to start investing toward my retirement. Great. We're going to put together this plan, so on and so forth. And they say, I want to manage my own investments. Awesome. Here's the plan. You need to open up this account and you need to start putting money into it automatically every single month. Right. Right. And then a month goes by and, and they, they haven't, haven't opened up it. the account. Right. And the second month goes by and they haven't opened up the account. And the third month goes by and they finally opened up the account, but they haven't put any money into it and there's no contributions to it. And the fourth month goes by and that, right, we're starting to see right. a pattern here of the tactical is not happening. Right. Right. And so yeah. that's something that you need to look at. So if you told them, hey, I need you to get your accounts set up in Money Coach. If they aren't set up in my software, whether it's Money Coach, Right Capital, anything that I use, if they're not if they're not hooking their accounts up to it and doing the things that I need to do to do the work, we're not going to go forward with the engagement. I yeah. mean that that fires them immediately. That's like an easy, yeah, yeah. The uh, if they are, if you've told them, I need you to open up a savings account and take that thousand dollar overtime bonus that you're going to get or the $3,000 in your that you're getting from your tax return, take $1,000 from it and put it into the savings account. And they have neither opened up the savings account nor funded it. Right. That's right. a red flag. Right? And I've had that with clients for lesser items. So like I'll send them a list of action items and they'll do a few of the most important ones. And then there's the ones that for them are more nags that they don't, yeah. they don't accomplish. So I, I, I keep reminding them each month, I keep, they stays, stays on their action items list. Yep. Um, for some of those, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's, it depends on how important it is um, to them. Right. I mean, that's the reality yeah. is if it's not important to them, but, but yeah, there are certain, like, certainly if they're accomplishing nothing right. in the whole list, then that's definitely a huge red flag. Yeah. yeah. Or if they're accomplishing the stuff that's easy, but doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I right. haven't seen that yet, but I could definitely see that happening. Right. And that's some things that you want to be really looking at is what are the tactical things that they need to do and how important is this tactical thing? Right. Now they didn't get it done by the next meeting. Don't fire them because they didn't check off the, right. an important box on the first month in the first month. Right. Yeah. Or the first week, you know, but if you're seeing a pattern of these important things are not getting done, then it's a matter of, you know, we need to have a conversation about whether or not this is going to continue. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's a waste of their time as well. Right. Yeah. If why, why are we working together? If, if, you know, if you don't want my help, that's fine. Then we don't need to be working together anymore. Cause it, cause it could get to that point for sure, where you're not really contributing anything any anymore to the relationship. So those are, those are the red flags that you want to look for. Okay. So what else do we have on our list? Okay. Yeah. I was looking at the time. I have a little bit more time. Yeah. So 
then, so going back to the original conversation, so you, you transition your, so you have your initial coaching, your initial program, which is three to four months. You said you were maybe changing it, but three to four months. And then you transition, the let's say you, yeah, for the onboarding. Okay. And then let's say you transition them to your monthly accountability meetings Okay, and you're, you're now tracking them to see like, are they making progress? At what point do you say, okay, now they're ready to transition to the quarterly sessions. So at what point do you kind of graduate them from that? Okay. No, I know that they they're good. They don't need those monthly accountability meetings anymore. So I'm going to answer your question and then I'm going to tell you what I do. Cause there's kind of two questions yeah. you asked there. there there's a subject <laughs> of two questions, right? <laughs> so when do you, when do you transition them? Uh, when you transition them is when the, the objectives that you want from monthly accountability meetings are being met on a consistent basis and you're ready to move to the objectives that you want in the quarterly meetings. So we have to have a, a, a different set of objectives, a different set of outcomes that we have for the monthly versus the quarterly. Otherwise, right. why have the difference? Right. Right. So now let's talk about what I do. Okay. Oh, do you have a follow-up question to that? No, it's just making me think of like, at, you just have to define it. You know, I'm, I want to see progress towards paying off your debts. And maybe once you show that you can do that for X months straight, then, then it's time to transition. Is that yeah. kind of a thing? Yeah. Okay. So I don't transition clients between monthly and quarterly. Okay. They transition themselves. Okay. How, and how does that happen? Forth. So my system, okay. they have the option of <laughs> scheduling a monthly or a quarterly. And they have the option of, no, the next one, I want to switch over to the other one, right? And the system will schedule them out in the appropriate periods of time based on which one they they choose as they go back and forth. So it's totally up to them which button they click. Got it. Now, the difference is, and here are the outcomes that I have for the monthly, and here are the outcomes that I have for the quarterly, right, is... The outcomes for the monthly are getting together and looking at the reports from Money Coach on their spending yeah. and talking with them about any accountability issues that are coming up. So they are purely accountability meetings and they are purely for just talking about those big items. Right. So that's, that's the short, short. short. very short. Yeah. The quarterly are for accountability. You've got underway, right? Yep. And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be able to have deeper conversations about other things, right? Not investing, not any of those types of things, but things like, you know, um, how much money should I have in my emergency fund? Can't do that in a quarterly meeting, right? With inflation, should I update my emergency fund, right? Can't really do that in a quarterly meeting and, or in a monthly meeting. In a monthly meeting, right? Yeah, I was like, I've yeah. seen it backwards. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, the quarterly, yeah, right. I did say it 15 minutes, 15 minutes is not long enough to have those discussions. No, no. You'll, you'll barely scratch the surface of the conversation, yeah. right? And so the so those are what those hour meetings are for, those quarterly meetings are for in my process. And clients can switch back and forth depending on what's going on in their life at the time. 
I can also make recommendations. Hey, I think we're doing good on the accountability. I'm totally willing to continue on this if you're feeling this is the best use of our work together. But if you want to move toward the quarterly, I think that you could, or we could try that, right? Still leaving it in their hands for me, right? But right. we could try that. Or, hey, yeah, I just took a look at your reports for the last couple of months since we've talked, for the last three months since we've talked last, those weekly reports that come out. And uh, yeah, you've been going over a lot, especially in your watch categories. Do we need to go back to the accountability ones? What's What's been going on there, right? And that might be the yeah. hour meeting talking yeah. about that, right? So for me, it's not a matter of one versus the other. It's a matter of in that moment, what is the client needing? Now, okay. it tends to go in one direction. It tends to go right. monthly for a while, then quarterly and never go back. Right. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with you saying, based on my niche, their exact needs, what they're likely to have in their life, I am going to go monthly until these accomplishments are done. And then I'm going to go quarterly for these accomplishments or these outcomes. Right. I think that's right. totally legitimate. Because that tends to be exactly what happens with pretty much all of my clients anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I could see there being an occasion when you might need to go back temporarily. Yeah, but that might, be more, the, that might be more the exception, the exception that you yeah. make as opposed to the rule yeah. for you. Right. So do you then have essentially a set fee that you have them pay and then they can choose and essentially it's either monthly or quarterly? It's essentially the same amount of time, right? It's 15, yeah, fifteen so twenty minutes for me. It's about the same amount of time. Effectively, for you. the same amount of time. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it's it's effectively the same amount of time. The uh, so yeah, the fee doesn't change. Okay. That's another reason why you might go in the one direction only because your fee may change. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I like how you do that because you because it is about the same amount of time, and you can have one flat fee and not have to worry about having a new contract and all of that. You could just. Now let's be honest. It's not <laughs> actually the same amount of time. That's true. Okay. That's true. So <laughs> when you're doing monthly, it is a lot easier to reply with emails with a copy and paste. Totally understand. Let's talk about that in our next month's meeting. Right. Because right? you're only right. maybe a couple of ways a weeks away from it. Right. In addition to that, even if you're same amount of time with your client is the same, it's not gonna be the same amount of time for prep right. and for afterward. And so you wanna take into consideration what is the expectation of in-between communications, in-between okay. meeting communications, what is the expectation of prep time before and prep time after in order to determine, is it actually the same amount of time? Because your face-to-face -face time with them is what they see. right? but that's not the time that you're spending. Right. Yeah. So you want to be very, very careful about that. Now we're getting into a completely different topic. So I let's know. go back to uh, our original. Yeah. I think, so question, I asked the questions in a different order that I'd planned, but I think I got through all of my questions. Let me see. Let me see if we have anything in Facebook. Nope, nothing in Facebook. And it is just about 30 minutes. So we're just about right here. So I'm going to end with a story. Okay, good. I love stories. I had a client and we'll call them Corey to make it 
extremely non-specific. So not only is that not their name, but that is also not in any way, uh, you know, specific to their gender. And Corey uh, received a significant amount of money and they, uh, you know, opened up an account with me to manage the money, so on and so forth, put a plan together, et cetera, et cetera. And Corey uh, was spending money out of the account much faster than we had planned. This is a Sounds very common thing. Common. <laughs> yes. It's extremely common. And very shortly, I told Corey, if we continue this, you are going to run out of money. And I am not going to be a part of that. So we either need to change or I am going to help you take the accounts on on your own or find someone else. Yeah. Right. And now every time Corey has done something that they think that I might not like, the first thing out of the mouth, their mouth is, you're not going to fire me, are you? <laughs> and, and so realize that have, now, you, know, you can't use this as an empty threat. Right. Okay? You, right. You have to be willing to walk away from the business. But sometimes that is what clients need. Yeah. And sometimes you're not going to be the solution for them. Right. What what was the long-term plan for the money? Like, did, did Corey have a vision for the future of this money? And the long-term was- plan was for this money to go toward their, uh, primarily toward their retirement with a certain amount toward lifestyle. Okay. And so by using it early, he, he, she, whatever, Corey was taking away from that future goal that they had set. Yeah. They were, they were using up, not just the lifestyle portion of it, but also the future retirement portion of it. Right. Right. And it wasn't in a retirement account because you can't put a bunch of money into a retirement account in a single year. Right. I know. Wish you could. <laughs> yeah. So the so as we look at that situation, you realize that you know, sometimes that's what's necessary. And sometimes it's actually getting fired and not working with you ever again. That's the best thing for the client. Right. Because if that happened and Corey decided not to listen and I fired them and they went, and then they went to find another advisor. They are much more likely to listen to a second advisor after being fired. Right. And so realize that this is not, Oh, this is a way to keep the relationship. No, sometimes the best thing is for them to feel those actions of the consequences. You just set that expectation and then fire them. Yeah. And they are successful with someone else. That that is sometimes the best thing for the client and the best way to help them. And that's coming from a true fiduciary, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's what what you do as a CFP is you are able to put your personal finances, right? Any impact to you aside and say what is best for the client. And that can well, be hard to do. What- that's what I, I'm supposed to do. Not all yeah. CFPs do that. It's hard to do. Right. And realize, <laughs> you know, CFPs are technically not fiduciaries. Registered investment advisors are. But 
Bernie Madoff was a registered investment advisor, right? right? It's hard to do. And the fiduciary designation, I think it's important because it gives the client the ability to sue much more easily and win, right? But, you know, it doesn't mean that just because you are within X industry or Y compensation model or have this designation that that solves the problem. Right. As we know from history. Yeah. So it, it's important that you're always being, you're always thinking about it from that perspective, as opposed to um, resting on your laurels. Yeah. Well, thanks for the story. Yeah. Hopefully it will inspire other people. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.